Track Smack with Don Hall. Smackcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Hague with Race Day San Antonio. Welcome to a special Smackcast podcast here at TracksmackRadio.com. Today's podcast is going to feature the NBC Sports broadcast team consisting of Rick Allen, Steve Letarte, Jeff Burton, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Here's what the guys had to say about the upcoming race this weekend at Phoenix. All right, everyone. It looks like we are joined by our full crew from NBC Sports. I am going to turn it over to Rick Allen now, who will host uh, this media availability. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks to everybody for joining in. Um, if you have any questions for Steve Lutar, Jeff Burton, or Dale Hart Jr., if you just uh, hit the raise the hand um, and we will get to you uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, before we get to any of the questions, I would love to throw it to my three colleagues in the booth and let them give you a 30, 60 second synopsis of uh, how it's been uh, to call a COVID season and what we're looking forward to when we head to Phoenix, a new location for the championship. We'll start it off with our crew chief, Steve Letarte. Uh, thanks, Rick. Uh, I guess looking back, you know, 2020 has been a challenge for everybody. Um, I was thankful that when NBC's half of the year came on, we were back to almost regularly scheduled programming, NASCAR, the teams, and everyone got us close to back on schedule. We started from Charlotte. Um, Charlotte Motor Speedway did an amazing job help giving us the facility to call the races, but I won't lie. It was really exciting to get back to the racetrack. I've been at the racetrack my entire life, and it was nothing. there was really nothing better than to see live racing action outside the window. The playoffs have not disappointed. We have seen time and time again in the last decade just the moments that can be delivered in this playoff format is once again uh, delivered. I think the schedule has been amazing, the cut races. I never saw Martinsville coming the way we saw it a week ago, just a walk-off win, Harvick's issue. And out of that, I think we have the most evenly matched championship four we've been ever – ever had the opportunity to call. I'm not sure there's a favorite. I'm also not sure there's a long shot. I can make a case for all four of these drivers to become champions. Um, Two of them with the opportunity to become two-time champions, two others to be able to call themselves a champion for the first time. Um, And that's my favorite part of this job is the live events, the big events, the biggest, you know, the bigger the stage, the more the pressure, the more fun they are to call uh, because that's the greatest part is watching athletes perform on those stages. I'm excited to see uh, the race in Phoenix. Miami has been a wonderful host for years, but I am excited to see a different racetrack in a different market. Um, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great weekend of championship racing really across, across all three series. Jeff, you look ready. Fire away, bud. <laughs> well, it's been an interesting year. Uh, 2020 has been a crazy year for everybody. Um, I don't see why Sunday will be any different. I, um, you know, I agree with, with Steve there, you know, I don't know who the favorite is going into this race. I tend to think Keselowski, but it's such a close toss up. I think you could go, go either way. And, and, you know, with this year and everything that's happening this year, I fully expect something that's unexpected. I, I think that uh, this has been such a unique season, uh, such a unique year for all of us. I just don't see why that doesn't continue. Um, I am excited to see uh, a championship race at Phoenix. In my mind, um, you think you know what's going to happen at a racetrack because you've been there for X amount of years. But when you go and it's in the playoffs and it's for the championship, things change. 
and I'm excited to see what that what those things are. Uh, I'm just really excited to be there. Really excited to to have a whole championship weekend. And uh, I'm I'm uh, if you'd have told me in March we would be having this conversation on this weekend, I would have said there's no way that's ever going to happen. And uh, incredible job by the entire industry to get here. And uh, just really excited about about calling it and and seeing a great race. I'll go ahead here, Rick. No need to tee me up. Um, it's uh, it's been a fun year. Uh, the, the action on the racetrack's been really, really good. Um, we've been challenged as a booth to to do things differently, but all my teammates um, and everybody in our production crew, uh, everybody just worked really hard, had a lot of fun uh working with everybody this year and it's great to be back at the racetrack these last few races have been so good and so much fun that you know you hate you hate that the season's coming to an end because uh we're finally at the track calling races like we know we can and um we got a pretty incredible group of guys that are going to try to win a championship sunday and there's no real standout i don't believe so uh, that makes it much more interesting. I think you're just going to have to um, take a look at those guys on Sunday morning before they climb into the car and see what the body language is and and see what the comments they you know that they have if they have any, and try to judge who's ready for the pressure because I think performance and speed wise they all are pretty even, and it might come down to who can handle the pressure under that one restart or something throughout the race. One of them has an issue on pit road. Can they overcome it? Will they self-destruct or crumble? I think that's what it's going to come down to is the mental part. We're looking forward to it. And we'll start the questions off with Jenna Fryer. Go ahead, Jenna. Hey guys, uh, whoever wants to take this, I'm wondering if you think the four that are in there should be glad that Harvick's not racing for the championship or maybe they should have some sympathy for him that he didn't make it this season. I'll take it. I doubt they got any sympathy. (laughs) Um, You know, Kevin had a pretty amazing year and I imagine that they have thought about putting themselves in that situation and how they might feel. So I don't know, that might be sympathy in some, some people's mind, but um, I, I imagine they're pretty glad, you know, that they don't have to race him. And, you know, that's a track that we know he'll show up at and he very may well still somehow change the complexity of the championship race at some point in Phoenix. Um, so, he still could play a role in it one way or another, but I'm, I'm certain that they're absolutely thankful that they don't have, have to compete against him for the championship at that track. Thank you. And again, with any questions, just go ahead and uh, throw the hand up. Uh, we will go with, if we could, Steve Hummer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Steve? Yeah, uh, for Dale, um, uh, Chase Elliott uh, comes here uh, with a famous last name and a, a vast fan base behind him and some situations you might know a little bit about. What, what kind of advice might you give him on, on how to handle this opportunity in this moment? And 
And what might you tell him about just how hard a championship is to attain? I wouldn't be able to tell him because I didn't win one. Um, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. the difficulty. You know about the difficulty of that. Yeah. I think uh, he tuned me out if I tried to give him advice this weekend, which probably be the right thing to do. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested in who uh, Chase is this weekend, you know. I, I feel like that when he has been in most of these situations – He's 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 had some good results. I don't think that um I don't worry about him making a mistake or crumbling under the pressure or doing something uncharacteristic. And I feel like obviously come off coming off of a great run at Martinsville, he's got to be feeling pretty good about himself and his team. So uh I, I feel like Joey might be the toughest of the group mentally. I give Joey the edge in that group, in that ter- uh, in, in terms of the middle side of it. But I think Chase ain't far behind, and Chase, I believe, might be on uh, ahead of him in performance at this time. So uh, we might see Chase win a championship Sunday. I really think we might. Thank you very much. All right, next let's go to Michael Shelton. Michael? Thank you very much. Well, uh, this question's for both Dale and Jeff. You know, obviously, Harvick, after being eliminated, said, you know, this isn't the same system that, you know, Dale Sr. won his titles and Richard Petty won his titles. And and you both have raced under the old Winston Cup system and, and under the playoff system. I was wondering, do you like the current status as it is, or are there any changes that, you know, either you would suggest personally, maybe suggesting, you know, there should be more, a reward for consistency. I just wanted to get your thoughts, gentlemen. Well, I uh, I beat Jeff to getting to the mute button, so I'll go first. Um, he's getting a little slow. I uh, I don't think I'd change anything. You know, I I feel like that. You know, Kevin had three races. Everyone else had three races. It just didn't work out, and he had the the benefit of all those bonus points. So, you know, there's so much has been changed over the years. I mean, this thing, this playoff format and the, um, I mean, there have been, I, there's been so many changes that it's, it's all a blur and I'm kind of beyond, you know, when I was a driver, I complained about everything. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. This should be changed. This should be better. This is the wrong way to do this and that. But when I got done driving, I just kind of started embracing the entertainment. If I'm entertained, I'm happy. Um, you know, a lot of people look at Kansas is a great example. I, I was entertained thoroughly by the finish of that race. And uh, I, I know the big spoiler was on the back of the 22. I know why things worked out the way they did. And, and But I was entertained. It was great. So I can't – I'm not going to go home and think that they need to do this or that and the other. And And – I didn't walk away from Martinsville going, that's messed up. That's wrong that Harvick's not in the, play, in, the, in the championship. I saw the three races play out in front of me. I saw the points change throughout those three races, and I saw him in the situation he was as that race started to unfold, and we got down to the final laps, and it is what it is. Um, you know, it's, it's extremely unfortunate, uh, but I think that he had every opportunity to make it, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, listen, the, the, the guys that – and, yes, I am getting slow uh, in my 
I have to, what happens is I have to get my iPad further away from me so I can see it. So I have to reach for the mute button. So that's why he beat me to the punch. Um, you know, I, I think that the crowd that wants the points to be over 36 races looks at that and they say, you know, Kevin Harvick should be in the championship race. Uh, I can go back in time and point to many years where the guy that won the most races didn't win the championship. Um, you know, so these are the playoffs. That's what they are. And you have to deliver in the playoffs uh, as, you know, I know people go get furious when we compare this sport to other sports, but it is a sport. And if you're going to have a playoff scenario, you're going to have to deliver. Um, you know, Kevin and his team, you know, they did not deliver in Martinsville. They just ran poorly. They got no point, no stage points. They ran poorly. Um, you know, I have some sympathy for, for what happened to them uh, at Texas. You know, they could have been in a situation where the, the moisture got them. I, 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 I have some sympathy for that. Uh, but the rest of it, and I think they'll tell you the same thing. They, you, they didn't, they just didn't bring what they needed to bring. And, and, uh, it's easy to point to, you know, it's easy to point and say, well, a three race, this, you know, they, 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 they didn't do this. They did do that. The fact of the matter is they've stepped, they've had step up moments too, right? These opportunities are there for step up moments, uh, that have propelled him into the last race of the year. And they didn't step up in this in this point of the playoffs. And, and uh, by the way, you can make the same argument for Denny Hamlin and his team. They didn't really step up either. They did just enough to get by. Um, and in these playoffs, you have to. You have to know what's coming. Uh, you have to bring your best in the playoffs. Uh, we all think that they had a, you know, enough points to get it done, and there wasn't enough points. But it, it, it ultimately – the, the opportunity was there for them to do it, and they just couldn't find a way to do it. And that's, is that disappointing for the team that won the most races? Uh, 100%. But, you know, the Patriots got beat by the Giants, and Duke beat UNLV. You know, these, those things happen. Jeff was quick to bring in Duke, obviously, in that comparison. Nice job there, uh, Mr. Burton. Uh, let's go to Michael Knight next, if we could. Michael? Hi. Thank you, Rick. This is for uh, Steve it sure seems like we've seen a lot of races where a top level driver comes out from a pit stop, starts talking about vibration, has to come in because of a loose lug nut. Is this happening more? Do you think if so, why? And finally of the uh, championship four teams, which has the best uh, pit crew? Uh, so to your original question about the vibrations, the loose wheels, you know, is it happening more than it did 30 years ago? Perhaps has it increased in the last 10? I don't feel it has. Um, I think it's purely an, an, a result of, you know, measuring data. Um, you know, 15 years ago, when I was a tire guy for Ray Evernham, he looked at the pit crews as an opportunity to find an advantage in a race. And really from that point, probably before that, Wood Brothers went to Indianapolis in the 60s, right? As soon as the, the can of, knowledge was open about pit crews and the advantages that are uh, around on pit road. Everyone's trying to be faster and better, faster and better. And, and you get closer and closer to potential disaster. And I think that it really is a telltale to the level of competition that these pit crews aren't going to take an extra one second to be assured there'll be no issues. Um, I think that's really what you see when it comes to the vibration and um, you know, who has the best pit crew? 
I guess at this point, I would have to say Joey Logano's team without the data in front of me just seems to be the ones that are ready for the moment. Although the recovery from a mistake for Chase Elliott's team at Martinsville was fascinating. Um, you know, that's really, I think, what makes these, these you know, game seven moments, these championship races so fascinating to me is that we could go through the data and say who has the best pit crew, but it's who can do it when it matters. You know, there's a difference between a good kicker and a game-winning kicker. And I think it's the same way for pit crews. It's easy to change tires in the first two-thirds of a race in the regular season compared to the last two stops of a short race in Phoenix for a championship. But um, I would have to lean on Logano's probably as the best pit crew from the information in front of me. Thank you, Steve. How about Jeff Gluck from jeffgluck.com? I said it there for you, Jeff. Thank you. Um, I, for whoever wants it, um, should the drivers in the championship race um, expect to be given more room and not raced as hard as the other drivers? Ooh, that's a hard one, man. Um, I think that the drivers in the championship four should expect a little bit of help, but a little bit of help. Um, you know, if you got a chance to win a race and you're not in there, you go do it. I mean, I, I you know, winning races is, it's damn hard and it's damn special. And, um, I don't know. I, I, th I think that, I think you got to go run your race, try to be respectful, but go run your race and, and pay attention to you and your team. Try not to do anything stupid. Right. But, but that racetrack, you have as much right to it as anybody else. That's just, that's just how I see it. And I did beat everyone to the mute button that time. And junior just texted me and said, I, incorrectly said jeffgluck.com and it should have been the athletic and i apologize so i'll get that straight before junior jumps all over me go ahead junior i will say that the only person that i think there may be another one that is missing at at this time but <clears throat> that i can't think of but the only person that i think that might go in there and race and not care about the other guys is kevin harvick um i think that they got a chip on their shoulder over over what happened and if they got a fast enough car, they're not going to care about this guy in the points or whoever. And uh, But I think the majority of the drivers, more than likely, um, unless it's just like they got an extremely fast car, aren't going to give the guys in the championship a whole bunch of trouble. And as long as they're not just slap moving over, I don't think they've ever really done that. And, you know, the championship four will probably be running too damn good to have to worry about it, but I think Harvick might hustle up in there amongst them and not care. So I'll add just because I, I don't completely agree with the other two. I don't think the championship four should expect it, but I think they should be given it. They've had all year to put themselves in this position. Um, and I'm on the other side of the fence with junior. I think that Kyle and Harvick, those guys that have been in this situation racing for a championship are going to give a ton of respect because I would imagine if you ask them, they hope to be in this position next year, but that's why we got to tune in on Sunday, right? Because I don't think either of us really know. I'm not sure Kevin Harvick knows until we see the green flag and, and he's going to decide what kind of car he has, as, as both Jeff and Dale alluded to. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Kelly Crandall, thank you for waiting. You are next on the docket. Thank you, Rick. For any 
or all of you who want to take this one on. So the season finale from a broadcasting standpoint is always pretty busy with the championship. And then of course there's storylines like driver switching teams this year. There's a lot of teams shutting down just, there's so many storylines it feels like going into this year. So just curious from a broadcasting perspective, how you'll kind of tackle the balance of telling those stories and, and tying up those ends, but also of course, giving plenty of attention to the championship. All right. I'll win the race of the three. Um, I'll be all honest, Kelly. I think that the championship races are some of the um, hardest to prepare for, but the easiest to cover because the storylines of the four races for the championship are so right in front of us. And I think that the most important thing is to be ready for the moments that decide the champion, whether that's stage one, stage two, a restart. I don't think any of us know when those quote moments are going to happen. And when those moments aren't on the table, then it's our job to weave in everybody else's story because there is so many front to back in the field and they all deserve um, to be recognized. We've been fortunate, I guess, to be in this position year after year. And I, Jeff, I think it's fair to say we've kind of learned from each year as we review them. Uh, we've had to cover, you know, Jeff Gordon's retirement, Dale Jr.'s retirement, now Jimmy Johnson's retirement. So we have the, the experience, but Phoenix will be a, definitely a different challenge with it only being a one-mile racetrack. I'm sure that the constant action may be a little higher. I'll say that, um, you know, with the four of us in the booth and plus uh, all the guys in the production truck, um, we every idea and every person's opinion might not make it to air, but throughout the broadcast, um, between this whole group and everybody that we works for NBC, everything pretty much gets vetted and thought of. And I think that me, we all, us in this group, in the booth, we all kind of have, we're all watching the same thing. And a lot of times have the same thoughts or opinions, but we also are trying to bring something the other three aren't. And I know listening to Latard and Burton and Rick throughout the race every week, every weekend, they're all kind of trying to look and make sure that there's that one stone that we haven't unturned, or there's that one driver that's having a great day that we need to mention. And so, uh, I don't, we never ever leave the booth thinking, man, we were perfect. But with everybody in this, in this group, um, everybody works pretty hard to make sure we don't miss anything. And um, so far, I mean, the races have moments where we can kind of weave in the non playoff stories, but we're always apparent, uh, you know, knowledgeable or, or aware of those stories when they're happening and trying to find those holes to get them in there. <clears throat> yeah. It, it's, it's, um, you know, with our whole team and, you know, like Junior said and, and Pitt Road, like we have a lot of opportunities to tell those stories. Uh, I will say, though, that to me, you know, this weekend is championship weekend. And it's the emphasis for me. Uh, and this is a great thing about what we've got. We've got a we got a team of people and uh, we don't you know, we don't go into the race with ideas about, you know, we don't go into the race saying we're going to talk about this. Right. That's just not how we do things. Uh, we let we let the race unfold. Uh, for me personally, after doing you know numerous of them, I, I I just believe that it's championship weekend, and for me, a lot of my focus turns into just that. And um, and I really lean hard on everybody else because I get kind of self you know I get blinders on a little bit, and I just pay so much attention to those four guys and and their pit crews and their strategies and all those kind of things. Uh, the people, you know, it, it's, that's where my focus goes because I think that, you know, 
this is the biggest to me. It's not the Daytona 500, but this is the biggest race of the year because it's a championship race. And uh, I just, that's where all my emphasis, most of my emphasis goes. All right. Can Michelle Martinelli, you are up next, Michelle. This question is for Dale Jr. Um, you had sort of a almost year-long farewell tour and spoke a lot about how much some of those moments meant to you. Um, how would you feel if you were in Jimmy's position right now with, you know, he's been celebrated and honored, but he hasn't really had the chance to have a traditional farewell tour with packed fans in the stands and all that. Um, it's been sort of muted. How would you feel if you were in his position, missing out on some of this? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'd be very, um, I'd I'd be sad about that. Um, to be honest with you, um, I was I have been, you know, sad about that for Jimmy because I've always felt like that <clears throat> that we never really appreciated Jimmy in the moment. And, you know, he's a living legend, all doing all those things right there in front of us. And I don't think we ever really, as a, as an industry, uh, appreciated how good he was, what he did five in a row, five championships in a row is just crazy. And, uh, you know, we never thought anybody was going to win seven and tie dad and, and Richard Petty. We just, those, those were two goals that were so far out there. This sport's just gotten so competitive, and they did it. But um, so I felt like, you know, man, this is the fi- – I felt like that this was – every time I would see Jimmy before this year, I felt like, man, I, I almost felt apologetic or like I needed to tell him just how much I, he was appreciated or how good he was or, or man, it, you know, it's, it, it's frustrating the fans don't embrace you more uh, in, in, in masses – because of how good a guy you are and, and how great you are on the racetrack, but also the great person you are. I always felt that way. And, and then this year I thought, man, he's finally going to get this. Um, he's finally going to feel that love and appreciation from stop to stop along the tour. And, uh, you know, it didn't happen. I mean, it did, it did to a, to a point, but it was very limited. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what to do about that or if, what what that means. Um, Jimmy outwardly doesn't seem too affected by it. Um, maybe personally he's a bit sad about it, um, but he wouldn't. He doesn't seem to share that. But uh, I, you know, I think that there'll be a lot of opportunity down the road. <laughs> I mean he's going to continue racing and he'll certainly probably be involved in our sport some way, somehow, and he'll be visible over the la- over the next several decades in and out of the sport in many, many different ways and continue to be celebrated. So, um, it is, it, it, there is no going back and redoing this year for him. And, uh, hopefully he got something out of it is all I guess we can do is hope that he feels that appreciation. And, and, um, I know that we got the, you know, this final weekend and then we'll celebrate our champion and that we'll try to do a really good job of making sure he understands his impact on the sport. 
but I don't know how you get – I don't know how you make a guy understand that anyways um, because it's been so profound. <clears throat> Thanks, Junior. Uh, one more question, and it's going to go to uh, – let's see here. Jordan Bianchi. Jordan, go ahead, bud. Great. Uh, this question's for Steve. Steve, this, this is about Chad Canals. Uh, going back to 2010, the, the playoff race at Texas, you were the crew chief for Jeff Gordon that day, and your pit crew got swapped out for Chad's. Uh, Chad swapped him in mid-race. Can you kind of take me through that from your perspective and everything, what happened? Um, you know, it's funny when you look back on things, and when you're in the middle of it, this is a perfect example of things and decisions that are made that you have no idea are going to become such a story. Um, very simply, um, I, as you mentioned, I was Gordon's crew chief. We were out of the race that day, an accident or engine. I can't remember what, um, I left the garage and went over to the 48 pit box just to really let Chad know we were out. Um, and funny enough, check on him, see if he needed anything and let him know I'd see him at the airport because they were still racing. I climbed up on the pit box, asked him how it was going. He expressed his frustration with the pit crew. A joking comment was, well, you can just have my guys. They're done. And in Chad's sort of manner, he said, yes, go get them. We're going to do that um, or something to that effect. So I went down and rounded them up, let them know, and they, they went up there and, and, and did the job. And I think that's what I'll appreciate most about working with Chad is that while our jobs are to cover the sport and everything that goes on in the sport, when we were crew chiefs at the 24 and the 48 or the 88 and the 48, we didn't think about how it was going to be looked at or covered or perceived, we were raised to perform at the highest level we could, whatever it was that day. Um, and why that seems like it should be obvious, I'm not sure it is obvious for people in competition, uh, but that's how it happened that day. And, and the 24 guys went up there, did a great job. And then, um, and then from, there, from there, it was purely up to Chad how we wanted to compete through the rest of the season. And, and um, if my memory serves me right, I think he used them through the rest of that year. So, um, and that's kind of, in a nutshell, this, this storyline. And looking back on it, I can see how the optics are, are, are a bit shocking. But the decision was anything but, um, you know, timely discussed. It was really just a mention that turned into something real that happened in a blink. And, and there you have it. That's kind of how it went down. And is that Chad in a nutshell, a win-at-all-cost kind of mentality? Um, never. In my entire career, uh, when we were both teammates on the 24 and the 90s to when we were both crew chiefs in the 2000s, did I question Chad's motivation? Not one minute. Not one minute of a test, practice, qualifying race, hiring, firing, building a race team, talking about a new car. Every minute I was a teammate of his, it was very clear to me. Every you know ounce of blood, sweat, and tear he put in was to fill the trophy case. Um, and I, I – I couldn't respect it more. People can like it, not like it, have an opinion one way or another, but in a world of question, questionable um, you know, decisions and motivations, never did I question Chad's motivation, and it was quite refreshing. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Steve, Junior, Jeff, appreciate you guys uh, very much. Remember, Saturday afternoon, we'll be on NBCSN for the Xfinity Series Championship. And then on Sunday afternoon, we're on NBC for uh, the Cup Championship. So thanks a lot for everybody's questions. And we appreciate you joining us. And we look forward to uh, chatting with you guys again.
Thank you for tuning in to Track Smack Smackcast. Check out more at tracksmackradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.